Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN like to feel at ease but passionate i would like to feel um comfortable communicating how i'm feeling at any given moment with you i would like to feel as i already do that you are very receptive to anything i have to say and i would like to feel as if you feel the same way towards me same with no amendments <laughs> <laughs> put the stamp on it <laughs> I feel really comfortable talking about love uh, with Bennett. I guess the problem is I think that there's a lot more growth in our relationship that needs to be in place before we can feel super in love with each other. Because who knows what's going to happen if I have to move to this mysterious place for residency. I don't know if you'd be moving with me and I don't want to make it feel forced or... Um, episode of everyone's business but mine married at first sight edition we are in it y'all we're officially in it the couples have been moved in for over a week now into their couples apartments and things are happening once again the experts are trying to stir the pot a bit by asking sending over cards and asking having the couples ask each other Questions about love. Have you ever been in love? What it's like to love you? What it's like to be in love? How does one fall in love? How do you fall in love with me? These are questions that I find very weird. <laughs> like, what is it going to take for you to fall in love with me? Is 
too simplistic of a question, I think. It's like, well, if these are something, if this is something that one could answer that easily, then wouldn't love be a lot easier to find? You think? Somebody just said, like, this is how we like to be loved. It's more than that, you know? But I get these people are already married to each other, so you might as well just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. (sighs) Let's start off with Olivia and Brett. Not much going on with them this week. More of just Brett. Brett is giving me, like, The Bachelor. Have I said this before? Like, all of his answers just seem very rehearsed and very much like he is very familiar with the bachelor franchise and I feel like he's always answering questions with production with his arms behind his back and talking about like very canned answers and me and Woody are both picking up on this like I said not too much going on with them um so they get the card and Brett asks like if she's ever fallen in love before and if so what were the circumstances in a very like joking way seeing like he's seeing what the card is saying and then he's acting acting like corny olivia's like i'm sick of this shit already i'm sick of him not being able to be serious about anything when it comes to something deep and always making a joke about something olivia says that you know love is just a feeling and brett says something about a grease pig and that he feels like he can help her fall in love by a fireworks display and some BMX tricks. To which Olivia asks, do you have a bike? And he says, well, I can get one. Okay, Brett. Olivia's frustrated. He's always fucking around. And Olivia says that, like, when it comes to love, that she thinks that it's important that they have the small things, the little things in common, because that'll make it easier to have common ground with the bigger issues and brett says well that's about the most opposite thing to any advice that i've ever heard brett you're on a show about married at first sight so like obviously any advice that you've been given hasn't really worked so maybe you should just try something especially given the fact that you're about five minutes from getting a divorce just so you know it seems to me that he doesn't understand the urgency of the situation and I don't understand how that could be because Olivia seems over it at any given moment and I feel like maybe she's being a little bit more gentle in her words than she is to us and when we see her conversation have her conversations with other people but still I I don't know how he can pick up on like, oh, she's so great. And like, she also doesn't really seem that into me, but also, yeah, you think he would know given that he's been on about 70,000 dates, you think he would be able to pick up on a girl really not being that into him, but alas, um, they go to, they take a swamp tour and Brett's like, this is cool. Like I really love lame dates. And Olivia looks up at him like, this was my idea. You dick. (laughs) and you know the swamp tour is boring at first i will say um the tour guide is a typical cajun man like oh he's a crock over here Uh, (laughs) i don't know why i try every week i try to do a cajun accent and then i have to laugh at myself because i hear i hear it you guys you don't have to tell me i i hear how bad it is um 
basically he's like bored to tears until they bring out a baby croc at one point the tour guide says oh you guys want to see a croc in the water and he that was actually pretty good he um points to the shoe but um um that was basically it they see a bullfrog and that was really it that was really it with them we the other real scene that we see with olivia is that she and imani go on a nature trail walk and there are more crocodiles what did olivia put in her like stipulations like i need to be with cold-blooded animals <laughs> including my husband because i don't know why she keeps getting these like croc tours why when they went to their honeymoon she had to like go up on the monkey bars like is she on like what's happening here does she want to be on survivor and they were like let's just throw her unmarried at first sight i don't really understand anyway olivia and imani go out for some girl time in a forest full of crocodiles and they are both they start off on the same page saying like woody is always on I'm probably more hype like that when I'm around my friends, but I am getting used to the fact that Woody is like that all day long at any given situation. And Olivia is like, yeah, so is Brett. But I feel like these are two different ons. Like Woody lives life to the fullest and he is like unabashedly himself. Whereas Brett is just like a dick who has no connection to his emotions whatsoever so he just acts like an asshole like he's just always an asshole and it's just like a varying degree of him being an asshole um Imani asks if she thinks that she's you know are you getting to be more attracted to Brett and Olivia's like um a little no Imani says, you know, like, I feel butterflies when I think about Woody and I'm not around him. And Olivia's like, yeah, I'm I'm waiting to feel that way. (laughs) And then Olivia asks Imani, like, how do you think the the guys act around each other? Like, what do you think the guy time for them is like? And Imani kind of has to admit something like Woody honestly comes home frustrated. And it's pretty much just because of Brett. Like, he's told me that. All of his answers are very, like, political. Like, he answers like a politician. And that, you know, we get the flashback to him saying, they're like, oh, I think it's really degrading to um, rate your marriage and your relationship because I just feel like it's, like, really unfair. And, you know, all, all the bullshit that we see. Like, him <clears throat> not wanting to play the game of being on the show. And Olivia, you know, brings up their differences again when it comes to kids and finances and how they want to handle that and it's just like more and more apparent that you know she's really not feeling it and I wonder if they're even like that intimate anymore like seems like Brett is very much into the sexual aspect of their relationship or any relationship that he's in and I don't feel like he's getting any I do not think, I think she's got the chastity belt on. (laughs) She took the one that Imani had and put it tightly on herself. And he is not taking any of the notches off whatsoever. Imani says she feels bad. And, 
you know what? She kind of says what Olivia told Brett is like, I think if you guys learn to like each other on a one-on-one, then you'll be able to compromise more because you're going to want to compromise more because you're going to be more invested in that person because you know the little things that you like about them. And that'll make the bigger things a lot easier to to work towards. Great advice, Samani. We love you. Let's move on to ooh, Bennett and Amelia. I feel like this episode was really more of the same in terms of like everybody's issues and has this happened really in the last few seasons like I know like with Keith and Iris their main storyline was like her lack of maturity sexually and otherwise but I feel like other things have come up with the with the couples by now in terms of other seasons Whereas it just like seems to be a running theme of like, oh, the main issue that we had in the beginning is still the main issue now, what, eight weeks or however many weeks we are into the show. Um, they are really, <laughs> I feel like we have, would have been much further into the relationship. Like we're only two and a half weeks into the relationship and I feel like we've gotten a lot of episodes out of those two weeks. It makes me wonder, like, I feel like at this point we would have almost been approaching like the halfway mark or, Hey, it's our month, uh, anniversary or one month anniversary. Where are we standing at this point? We're going to go on a romantic date. Maybe I'm wrong. It just feels like they're really milking out every single day of their relationships. And so anyway, back to Bennett and Amelia, um, Amelia says Bennett was sick and he was like piled up under blankets. We get like cell phone footage of her walking to go get him some ginger tea because his throat was sore. So, you know, given current times, I was thinking, Hmm, Hmm. Did he get it? Did Bennett get it? Did he get it? You know? Um, anyway, the next time we see him, he's feeling a little bit better. His throat's still sore. No. (laughs) Throat is still sore, but he's feeling better. And it seems to be, it appears to be because after she gave him that ginger tea, he was ready to go. And they finally did it. Amelia doesn't really want to talk about it. She's like, I'm sure Bennett will tell you. And Bennett's answer to that was, I'm satisfied with our current level of intimacy. I kind of like that they took it a little bit slower. I imagine it means more to them. I I like where they're at. I'm a little bit surprised that they did not have sex sooner, but I like the pace that they're going at. They seem to have like one of the more normal relationships. And I think, I don't know if it's a combination of production trying to hammer this into us or that's just their nature. I think it's probably both, but like we all, you know, the first two episodes, we were all like, Oh, what is happening here? What are we going to get out of these two? And it turns out (laughs) we're going to get one of the more normal couples of the whole franchise. Um, 
so like I said, they also get a card from the experts and they're doing this jokey thing and, you know, unlike Brett's joking, Bennett's joking is a lot more fun and more lighthearted. He had, they're eating Chinese food and Bennett says, can you hand me a packet of soy sauce? But just letting you know, if you do, I'm going to fall in love with you. Oh, 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 here it comes. I'm falling. <laughs> and they just have like a really chill relationship. So Bennett asks, you know, like, how will Amelia know when she's in love? And Amelia says, you know, when I feel joy, when there's romance and compatibility, like that is a very easy thing to, you know, that can happen. But when I feel like intertwined in somebody's life and that we've like created a new life together, I think that's when the love sets in. So Bennett says, you know, he'd like to feel at ease and passionate and he really appreciates that Amelia is really receptive to what he has to say and vice versa. And, you know, he, he thinks that's what's happening with them. He thinks that they're on the right track. So Amelia says um, she's comfortable talking about love with Bennett, but it's going to take a while for her to be in love with him. More things are going to have to happen. So Amelia asks Bennett what, how he feels about love at first sight. Have you ever been in love at first sight? And he was like, no, well, maybe... Well, there was this one time and, you know, the girl was like really giggly and when we first met and she laughed a lot and we get, you know, the montage of them the night of their wedding after having gotten married. She's giggling so much and he's obviously talking about her and then it says like, to the production he says I can feel I feel like I can confidently say that I love her but I'm not in love with Amelia yet when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So now Amelia's sick. Heavy breathing. Sore throat. Asking Bennett, like, I really felt like I had to breathe through my nose last night. Was that, did you hear anything? Did you hear me snoring or anything like that? And he was like, now that you mentioned, I did have a dream about like, a, some, like a gremlin in a cave or something. It's just making a lot of weird noises. Yeah, maybe I did hear you. And see, this is what I love. Like I fuck with Bennett. I fuck with Bennett. 
again, this is the difference between him and Brad is like, this is kind of another running theme of the, this particular iteration of Married at First Sight is how different things can be and how differently people react to situations when you like somebody versus when you don't. (laughs) So I think Olivia would really appreciate, and she did at the outset, really appreciated how Bart was so jokey because she was into him. But now that she's seeing like, oh, we have these like actual fundamental differences that I don't think that I'm going to get past. The jokes really aren't hitting the way they did. But we see with Amelia, you know, she's loving everything that he's giving. And then we see with Miles and Karen, kind of the same thing with Brett and Olivia is like her reactions to Miles's behavior, and we'll obviously get into that later, are quite different when, you know, her feelings are different. So Amelia and Bennett wake up. Bennett says, I'm going to go get ready. And Amelia heads into the living room where we find one of her friends just hanging out. And we find out that at two o'clock in the morning, she and this random friend of hers baked a cake for Bennett. Amelia says she decided to have this like fun day with Bennett because from the moment she wakes up to the moment she falls asleep, all Bennett does is make her feel good. And she wanted to do the same for him. So they baked a cake in his likeness with a, a green eyeglasses and big bulging eyes and uh, apple as a smile, which kind of looked like somebody bit into the apple slice to make it look like a smile, which is really gross. Some other accoutrement <laughs> for the cake. And she's going to take him out to learn how to slackline, which for those of you who don't know is when you tie like a piece of rope to two trees and you just tightrope. It's tightrope walking, basically. Um, so Bennett comes out of the shower and immediately goes into the kitchen and sees the cake that they foolishly left on the counter for him to see. That was supposed to be a surprise. And they're like, no, please turn around. Like, don't look at it. And Bennett's like, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. I just wanted to get a banana. Later, he admits that he completely, it was the first thing he saw. I saw my face in cake form on the counter (laughs) and they go out for their date. Before that, Amelia hands Bennett a bag. It's like, here's an outfit for you to wear. And it turns out it's the same thing that she's wearing, which is a a gray tank top and some blue windbreaker pants. The perfect outfit for slacklining, I guess. Um, She, the outfit that she's wearing seems to fit her perfectly, but she seems to have gotten really big on the pants and a little too small on the tank top. So it's quite a comical look on young Bennett. So they go out and, you know, they try the slack line and it's certainly not without its several pratfalls. Then she ties a uh, sweater to his face and pulls out a tray of, or not a tray really, just package after package of pre-sliced cheeses and meats and red wine and that cake, the Bennett cake. I didn't see how she packed it. 
seem like she just had a backpack. But it doesn't, you know, like, would you really be surprised if, if Amelia just put, like, a, a raw cake in a backpack? I wouldn't. Um, so basically, they're having a great time. But Bennett thinks up the phrase, I wouldn't trade you for the world. And he says, you know, I actually kind of would trade you for the world because... It, it was a very philosophical answer of like, you know, like I would want to be more comfortable before, with you or with the world before I got into it. I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he was really trying to say here, but it sounded nice at the time. Um, then Bennett says, you know, I, I like, I kind of need to know more about myself and I do really like you, but I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be so keen on, our situation if I had to be stuck in a room with you all by ourselves. Now we're saying this in mid-March. We all know what happens just several days later. <laughs> so, Bennett, you really foreshadowed that situation. Mm. I wonder, wonder how that's going to go. So they're just really just having a great time. They come over, go back to the apartment, and they're cooking dinner, and Bennett's like, you know, we've been here for a little while. Honestly, I was shocked, because they've only been there, I mean, not only, I'm like a clean everything once a week kind of bitch. They're like maybe nine days in, and Bennett's like, you know what, I'm not really thrilled. We haven't really been that, um, you know, we we haven't really been on top of things in terms of the bathroom. And I would like to delegate tax ta tasks, like maybe once a week we can figure out like people's, you know, in Doug or speak jurisdictions and we can like swap out different chores that we do. Amelia's like, that's great. I would really love to go get the mail and I don't want to clean the bathroom. So <laughs> Amelia... Given the state of Bennett's um, lackadaisical attitude towards deodorant and his very brown footprints that we see at the bottom of his socks, I was a little bit surprised at how on top of things he was about cleaning the apartment. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but it was a pleasant surprise. A pleasant, very pleasant surprise. Uh, Bennett then kind of fumbles the ball a little bit and says, hey... Another thing I'd like to bring up is, can I borrow socks from you? Because I only have two pair. And Amelia's like, not gonna lie to you, buddy. I only have five pair. So maybe between the seven pairs that we each have, we can each just wear one sock a day. Which, like, was Amelia really joking? Unclear. Unclear. Um, Bennett decides, yeah, maybe I should just get some new socks. Do I just say... Thank God, Bennett. Bennett, you can go down to the dollar store. Not a problem. You can get a whole pack of packs of socks for a dollar. Wouldn't be an issue. Oh, Lord. Moving on to... Let's move on to Henry and Christina. So, Henry... We we start off in their scenes with Henry calling Christina. She's not answering her phone. Goes straight to voicemail. But I hope you guys all notice that they 
panned to Henry's phone and Christina was listed as Christina Maths, as in married at first sight. <laughs> Not just Christina, her last name, Christina Maths. And I think that really tells you all you need to know about where Christina is in Henry's heart. Christina Maths is like co-worker. This is my co-worker. <laughs> Not my wife. What, now the woman I'm legally married to. Not her last name. I wonder if he even knows what her last name is. Not even Christina. Last initial. <laughs> Christina Maps. God, I honestly, that made me feel sad for her. It really did. <laughs> um, so the next day, we find out that Christina had been gone all day. And... Henry's still frustrated with her behavior. It's mostly towards production, but it's also, like, kind of towards him, too. Like, he is not invested in this at all. <sighs> he finds her to be really lacking in patience. So, Christina walks in and says, you know, she spent the day with her friends, going out to eat or whatever, and says, listen, there's something that I really want, need to talk to you about. It's something that I've been struggling with. But I do need to tell you what she tells him is I have ADD and I should be on medication for it, but I haven't been on it for like six weeks now. And I think that that might be the source of both of our frustrations, mine and you being frustrated with me because of the way I act. It's like typically when I'm not on my meds, I want to sleep a lot. I have very short patience and it makes me like really annoyed with people, but I want to get on my meds again and I have every intention of doing so. And I'm hoping that that is going to make me a more patient person and that will help our relationship more. And then she tells a story about like she in her life has kind of the reason why she went off of it is because a lot of people, namely her mom, don't believe in taking those sort of medications to the point where she was kind of shaming Christina for using them. And she just felt like a lot of pressure to not be on them. Henry, I thought was, you know, very good in this scene. He says, I'm not ever going to be the one to make, to like shame you into your decisions. You taking medication doesn't make you lesser of a person. It doesn't make you a bad person. Everybody goes through things. It's not abnormal. You're a human and I view you as such and I respect you. And if you need to take medication, like, that's totally fine. I don't see any issue with it. Also, thank you for telling me. And I'm hopeful that this will make you a better person. <laughs> And, um, so yeah, I, I thought he was really, really good about that. Um, so then they talk about the love questions and Christina says, you know, I do feel like I was in love with, <clears throat> in my last relationship because I was dead broke. I had like cents in my bank account. He was broke too. And, uh, you know, we would have to buy 
a can of soup to split. But we were so happy and so in love. And like, even though we had nothing, I just felt like I had everything with him. On the other hand, he was really mean to me. Seems like there was some verbal abuse there that he always made her feel bad about herself. And she's like, the thing that I, I like you and the reason why I like you is because you never insult me. You, I understand why we're a match now that I kind of needed to see that somebody can respect me as a person. And I like you because of it. And Henry, you know, gives a little smile as much as Henry will, you know, we got to about three quarters of a smile out of him. Um, so then they go on their date and they, he, Henry takes her golfing, not really golfing. They go to like a driving range. This is something that Henry really likes to do and that he's really good at. And Christina's like, I'm actually really excited to do this because I feel like Henry's been in these situations where he doesn't feel comfortable and that really shows in his lack of confidence. And I I hope you guys can't hear my stomach growling. It's really, really making a lot of noise. (laughs) He, um, so... I'm just excited to do something that like he's going to feel comfortable in because I think it'll like kind of change our dynamic. So he's really good. She's never done it. And he teaches her a few things and she takes to it like a duck to water. She's actually really good. And Henry's really impressed with how good she is. And Henry opens up and says, you know, this is something that I like to do with my dad. We all know that he and Henry the third, my king, love of my life, Henry's father, Henry III, loves to roast his dear son, Henry IV. And golf is something that really brings them together. It's the closest um, relationship that they have with one another. And yeah, he's like, I I really like it. And this is something that we can do together, me and Christina. I would love to do it again with you. This was like a really actually fun time that we had. So... They go on another date and they go salsa dancing, (laughs) which is actually really cute. Henry starts off, you know, in his typical Henry fashion, saying that he feels like his head is spinning and he's feeling really a lack of confidence, but the instructor stops him and is like, hey, confidence is key. Just be assertive and that'll guide you. Once he does that, they, you know, they get start off a little bit like middle schoolers, a little bit like, like, um, you know, like truly madly deeply is playing and you and your finest from limited to, and he's wearing like a polo shirt and khakis tucked in with a belt, you know, and things are awkward, you know, you're saving room for Jesus, if you will. You guys can tell that I went to school in the South. <laughs> but they start getting into it. Henry, not bad. Again, Christina is very impressed with him taking control, him being confident and doing things and all of that. She loves that, loves that about him. And I liked seeing them have one episode where they're relating to one another where they're actually liking one another, especially Henry. How long this is going to last, I'm not sure. <laughs> but 
I, 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 it was nice to see a little moment of them getting along with each other. I, um, I want to go back to that conversation about her being broke with her ex-boyfriend because didn't they say that I feel like when they talked about their exes, she said that she had broken up with him, maybe like not even like definitely less than a year prior to them getting married like nine months or something. And given that we, she was pretty evasive about her place. I just wonder like what's happening here is Christina like a local, is she on like a local airline? Because I thought that being a flight attendant was like, they make decent money. And I think the upward trajectory is like, you know, pretty quick in terms of salary. So I just have like a lot of questions. If she's flying out three nights out of the week, that seems pretty steady. I'm just very curious about Christina's financial situation. And you know what? That's not for me to judge, but she's putting a lot out there that I just have questions about. And also I wonder what kind of soup she was having, you know, that's just me. All right, so let's move on to Miles and Karen. My gosh, it is really two steps forward, two steps back with this couple. Starts off pretty good. Miles invites his friend John over, who's the chef, to help them learn how to cook a meal together. And they are having a good time. And by that, I mean Miles is having a good time. But Karen does later say that he hit the nail on the head. But, you know, they still have a lot to learn about each other. And she's unsure if this is a one-time thing or if Miles is going to continue this over time. But he did get brownie points. Not like a big, warm, fresh out of the oven, like a Ghirardelli brownie. But definitely like one of those, like, two-bite brownies. Maybe one that's, like, kind of stale because you left the package open. But, you know, brownie points none the least. They go over their prompts from the experts. And Miles asks when Karen will know that she's in love. Her response is that, you know, it, it will be being able to come to him with things and feeling safe. And she says, you know, basically, like, we're not really anywhere near that because we haven't really dug deep. And enable for in order for us to do that, like, I kind of want to know about your past. Like, so tell me what your childhood is like. Miles says it was, like, pretty happy, but his parents separated when he was nine and he felt like the entirety of his adolescence from then on, he was splitting time between homes and trying to play peacemaker. And basically it was just kind of, it burned him out. So when he got to the end of college, he had this talk with his dad of like, I can't keep doing this anymore. And his father was like, I get it. You know, you've done enough. Karen does say, like, yeah, I got the sense that, like, maybe there was something more to you being such a people pleaser. And while it's a beautiful side to you, I just don't want you to feel like you have to be Superman and then wake up one day in this relationship and you're burnt out because you've been trying to please me this whole time. Then she says, like, it's always a turnoff for her when it's too much too soon. And she really prefers her relationships that are kind of, like, a slow burn, a natural progression. So like you're doing things because you want to, cause you know, that person, you're more invested in them and you're more, uh, you know, just, 
you want to, you're doing things because you want to do them because you care about them. Um, so I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> she also says that she doesn't really need support. She doesn't need perfection, just support without being coddled. And Miles says, you know, like, I'm like a fine wine. I only get better with time. Don't worry about me. This, what you're, what you see is what you get. And it's only up from here. So then they go to the grocery store and Miles says, I've never seen a live artichoke. She's like, what? First of all, they're not live. They're in a barrel. (laughs) So she's going to cook and he's like, my job is to push a cart and just tell her what I want to eat. So she's going to be making dinner for them. He wants catfish. He wants asparagus. He wants potatoes. She gets like three potatoes and he's looking at her like, there are other potatoes to be had she's like I've got three at home like don't worry about it you're gonna be fine full of starches Miles then (laughs) Miles picks up a red onion and he's like it was kind of like you like lots of layers she's like I'm like an onion which I'm like yeah kind (laughs) of um then he talks about like you know his emotions and how she doesn't really seem to like to talk about them. And Karen's like, why are you so open to talk about like intimacy and emotional stuff? Like, why is that? And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, it's not a bad thing. I just, it's kind of like my new hair. Like I like it and I know that it's good, but I just don't know what to do with it. It's very confusing for me. And Miles then asks her, like, do you think that there's a connection between emotional intelligence and masculinity? And she's like, yeah, I do think there's a connection. Which brings me to an article that was sent to me by Rachel. That was an interview between the interviewer and Karen. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I think, you know, there was... Obviously, the big thing on their honeymoon was Miles mentioning his uh, diagnosis of clinical depression. So I'm going to start with that. So now let's talk about the day that Miles shared his diagnosis. What was going through your mind as he revealed that to you? Karen says, my first thought was, wow, it's dope that he can openly talk about this, especially being a black man. My second thought was, how can I support him and will he be able to articulate his needs to me? My third thought was, great talk. Now, let's go back to having fun on our honeymoon and continue to get to know one another. That moment helped me see some of his emotional maturity, and it was a positive one for us both. So, the interviewer says, those thoughts surprised me as it appeared that you were struggling with a very difficult and vulnerable revelation from Miles. And Karen says, well, everything's not what it seems. I guess this is another moment where I was misunderstood. I think I want to say, in a private interview, you admitted that you weren't prepared to hear that confession on your honeymoon and that it was a red flag. Is that something that you think he shared too soon? Karen says, it wasn't a red flag for me. I didn't expect to hear it from it during the honeymoon because I wasn't expecting us to feel so comfortable with one another that quickly, but I didn't mind that he shared it at all. And so then the interviewer asked, what impact did hearing his diagnosis have on your relationship? Did you see Miles as a less suitable or masculine partner? Karen says it really had no impact and I definitely didn't see him as a less suitable or masculine partner for sharing that. 
The clip of me talking about wanting a masculine guy was in reference to what I generally look for in men, not at all in reference to mental health. I was just as pissed as the audience was watching it back. They were not then and they will never be related in my mind. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. And basically, then it goes on to say, that was an important clarification, so thank you for your honesty. Let's move on to your relationship with Miles. At this point, we see him making every effort to ensure that you feel comfortable in your marriage. Karen says, Miles was making an effort, but what I really wanted him was for him to just relax and chill. Don't be so caught up in trying to be, quote-unquote, Mr. Perfect Husband, that you don't express your frustrations, disagreements, thoughts, wants, or needs. This risk in this process is that you might not even like your spouse to begin with. I just wanted to see if he, we genuinely meshed for who we are, not what we think we should be as husband and wife. So, I think that this was obviously pretty revelatory because the main issue with a lot of people was that it appeared as though she was conflating his mental health with his masculinity, which is a big no-no. Um, you know, I obviously can't fault the audience for reacting and myself for reacting the way they did because we just were reacting to what we were presented. I think that's really fucked up that production would have put that tidbit in there if it had nothing to do with what was actually said and the conversation that they had. I think it's really irresponsible and I think it's really uncool. And I would be, if I were Karen, and I kind of am, like, pissed that they would even try to put that in there. Like, to try to create drama. Because I think the drama of their relationship and the complexities are enough. Like, we didn't need that because it was really ugly. It was a really ugly thing to say. And, mm, so I'm a little bit mad at production for this. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Anyway, let's go back. So... They get back to the apartment and Miles talks about how this was a date because they went together to the grocery store. <laughs> he drove, he opened the car door for her, for her, paid for the groceries and brought all the groceries inside. No, Miles, no, no, sir. No, no, no. <laughs> like I said, back, they're back at the apartment now and Miles says, I want to talk about intimacy, which I know is tough for you. And Karen's like, why would it be tough for me? He's like, well, 
I brought it up before and it just seemed like a really hard conversation. She's like, I don't remember having any of these conversations. It's not that difficult for me. So you can tell her guard is already up a little bit. And Miles asks, like, what her physical needs are. And, like, when you say taking it slow, what does that mean? And Karen's like, well, I think this is really more of a conversation that we should have when we're going through it. Because right now, we're, to be clear, not in a position and not in a place to be talking about our physical intimacy when it comes to sex. But just so you know, I'm an adult. I like sex. But we're not in the place to be talking about it. And he's like, okay, well, how do we get there then? And Karen says, you know, it's something that comes up naturally. And it's, you know, it's like not something that I put on a calendar. And Miles is like, oh, let's put it on the calendar then. And Karen's like, excuse me? (laughs) There's a calendar, like a magnet calendar on their uh, refrigerator. So Miles goes up to the refrigerator takes a marker and says, all right, let's put up, uh, March 17th, sex with my wife on the calendar. And Karen is not having it. She is pissed. She thinks it's highly disrespectful that he did that. And here's where I'm very conflicted because I think this is something that like, If you're into somebody, even if you guys aren't having sex, but like you're into someone, you might, you probably wouldn't be so defensive about it. (laughs) I cringe when I say this because I don't want it to come off the wrong way. If I'm going to be blunt, like this is something that like, if I was into a dude, this is just me. I'm just speaking for myself here. I was into a guy and we just hadn't gotten to that physical level and he was like oh great like let's put it on board that I would think he was probably joking but like you know mostly joking but like I wouldn't take it so literally that he really was going to like we were going to wake up on March 17th and he was going to be like oh I expect to have sex with you I would think like oh that's like he wants me and that makes me feel confident and great but like he's still going to respect the fact that like I am on that we are on a timetable that is not within the confines of this actual calendar now if he woke up on March 17th and I wasn't ready or even if I was and he like genuinely was like got upset about us not having sex then that would be a different conversation but this to me is something where like I think because she's not into him she's was just like, no, I don't like this. I think if she were more attracted to him, then she would be a little bit more playful about it. But that's just me saying what my opinion is. I don't fault her for finding this disrespectful. And I get it. That I'm just talking about my opinion. Um, I think that this is really going to set them back. A long ways <laughs> in terms of like any trajectory that they were making this episode gone two steps forward seven steps back she's probably gonna be well he's probably gonna be sleeping in that second bedroom now 
or even on the couch. I hate to see my dog go out like that, Miles. I, I really hate to see it. He's very articulate and eloquent because when it comes to like wanting to meet, wanting to meet somebody else's needs, but when it comes to talking about his needs, I think that is where we see that he's immature. And I, like I said, I think he tries to make jokes out of it and Karen's just not here. We very clear. Karen doesn't like any of your jokes. She does not think they're funny. <laughs> she, this is not a, an Amani and Woody situation. No, no, sir. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what happens with them next week. Speaking of Woody and Amani, let's move on to them. Let's end on a high note. Loves of my life, Amani and Woody. So Woody takes Amani, Amani to get a mini petty. And she's basically been saying, like, I need to. And Woody's like, listen, I'm the one that has to look at her feet and I don't want them to be busted. <laughs> but also, this is something that's important to her. So I want to, like, treat her to something that she actually wants. And Amani says, you know, like, just so you know, they're sitting in the chairs, you know, water bubbling up around their feet and saying, just so you know, I'm going to be taking my hair out soon because I got braids in. I'm going to be taking those out. I know it was very important to you that we talk about conversations about like my our looks and drastic changes. So I'm just giving you a heads up. The braids are coming out soon. He's like, okay. She's like, what do you say? Well, what are you going to do to your hair? She's like, oh, I'm going to shave it. I'm just going to shave it bald. <laughs> Which is the exact thing that, that Woody said that he wasn't going to be into. He's like, no, really? <laughs> She's like, no. Woody, what kind of hair do you like? And he was like, well, I really like, I kind of like long hair. And she's like, well, why is that? And he's like, well, I like something to hold on to. <laughs> and he's like, okay, you're out of control. You're out of control. <laughs> These are the conversations between them that I just love. And I just think they have so much chemistry and they're individually just so fun together. It's really like kind of amazing that they hadn't met before. And oh, going back to that Karen interview that she did, she said that she had actually known Imani prior to the show, that they weren't like friends, friends, but they were in sim- similar circles and that they like have a lot of mutual friends and have been in each other's presence like a lot. Um, so then basically they have a conversation about like, Oh, have you ever gone to get your nails done with the guy before? She's like, no, I really haven't. Like, this is something that I didn't anticipate. She's like, cause I usually only get, go and get my nails myself. And it's really kind of cool that like, he is actually here with me by my side and I'm, I'm happy that he's here. I really, really like him. So back at the crib, they are talking about, you know, going over the questions that the production slash the experts provided. And Woody said he's been in love a couple of times and he knows it because like he likes to put the person first and I know what I'm thinking about them when I wake up and before I go to bed and I like to do things with them and I like to do things for them and Monty's like, you're just describing things that you've done for me. So are you trying to say that you love me? And Woody's like, I have love for you. 
And I do have love for your for your ass. I love my wife. And Imani says, he, he said he loves his wife, and I'm his wife. So. <laughs> you could tell she was, like, trying to keep it cool, but she, like, really actually liked it. And so, Imani says, she's like, I can't say that I have deep love for you, but I really like you. And if I'm being completely honest, I think the only person and the only thing that's stopping me from loving you is me. I just, like, have my guard up. And, you know, like, I've been hurt before, and I'm just really scared. So they talk to Woody in an interview, and Woody says, like, I get where she's coming from with her past, but, like, I'm her husband now, and I really wish that she would keep a clean slate with me. It's like, he's, like, a little bit frustrated with the situation. And you could tell, like, his ego is a little bit hurt. He's like, it sucks. And that's all I want to say about it. Like, don't ask me any more questions. So, um, so then they, later, Woody's wherever he is. He's out of the apartment and Imani's cooking for him. Like, you know, this is something that I really wanted to do. Like, kind of to make up for the conversation that they had about where they are in terms of love. It's like, I just want to make sure that I do something for him because he's been doing so much for me and it's important to me that I show him that I care about him and that I actually like do these acts of service to show how committed I am. And Woody gets home and he is so happy. He is shocked and thrilled. He's so excited. I'm surprised we didn't see his little Woody dance with the shoulders. And he's like thrilled. He's like, I just can't believe I'm coming home and my wife's cooking a meal for me like I could get used to this this is so great this is black love I'm so happy <laughs> and, um you know Amani says you know I just wanted to do things for you and he's like don't worry like don't feel like you have to you know keep a score or anything like just because I do things for you is like I don't you know I, there's no scorecard for me like I do things for you because I want to do things for you and you know you don't have to worry about doing things for me to make up for it. So they're eating and oh my gosh. It's like, did it feel different to cook for your husband? She's like, yeah, I guess kind of. She's like, I usually just think about what I want to eat. But, you know, I was thinking like, oh, would Woody like salmon? And he was like, it is my favorite fish. It is. <laughs> and... Then he's like, you know, starting to get flirty with her. And he, she's wearing leggings. And she noticed, he notices that there's like kind of like a semi-sheer mesh panel section to her leggings. It's like, oh, I see you. I see you got your leggings. You can see through. I see that. She's like, sir, <laughs> I could probably wear a burqa and you'd be figuring out a way to take it off. And he's like, oh, yeah. Let me get the mayonnaise and cheese and pickles. And Imani looks at him like, what? She's like, I said burka. He was like, oh, I thought you said burger. <laughs> it's like, why would I say burger? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just going with it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he was like, why would you put on a burka? He's like, why would I wear a burger? <laughs> 
my god and you know what again these are the reasons why i just love them so much and i'm saying it right now if amani doesn't get a burger costume for their first anniversary or at some point during this season it's gonna be a real loss but (laughs) i just adore him and i adore them as a couple oh my god i thought she said burka Mm, god bless him all right, y'all, we'll be back next week. There's maybe more strife between Christina and Henry. <sighs> I think they're trying to play up some drama between Amelia and Bennett. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But anyway, I guess I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great day. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. <laughs>